Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. This is a bonus episode, a spiritual Sunday episode coming to you today from... I don't even know where I am. Cleveland, Parma area. It is approximately 1.30 in the afternoon, and... I just stopped at Jack Frost Donuts before hitting the highway and getting myself to a point where I actually have some idea of where I am and am able to navigate home. Uh, I'm very familiar with 480 westbound heading towards 83 southbound to get back towards Medina. And this is more familiar from my youth. This is, uh, this is a path that we used to take many a time as a child, driving to the mall or whatnot. Uh, and no, not to the mall. You know what? I don't know. We drove around up here as kids. Um, and I guess I've, I've got childhood on the mind and this is gonna be an interesting show because the reason I'm up here is because I went to a different church today. I decided to attend an Orthodox church after many months of thought and deliberation, I decided to pull the trigger. And it was, in, in, the, in, in the Orthodox faith, uh, it appears as though this is the first Lenten Sunday, or the first Sunday in the Lenten season. And that that has some significance uh, to me because my first my first experience with the church where I am currently a member is or was on Ash Wednesday traditionally the beginning of the Lenten season for many Western rites of Christianity. And uh, you guys are hearing some bumps in the background and it's spilling my, my coffee. But it was an emotional time up there today. And um, everyone knew I Everyone knew what was going on. Uh, I, everyone knew I was out of place. And uh, I'm, I'm hesitant, I don't want to spill coffee on my suit here. I actually decided to suit up fully and uh, not just wear my sport coat and a shirt and tie, but actually wear uh, 
wearing my suit pants. Um, so let's let let me let me share this experience with you. Just like I said, it was emotional, and quite frankly, I did a little bit of uh, stress eating after the whole experience by running to Jack Frost Donuts, going to a donut shop, um, a highly rated donut shop. I'll see if I can't link to this Jack Frost in the show notes. It was a I just got a glazed donut. You know. Krispy Kreme ain't got shit on Cleveland Jack Frost donuts. That's what's up. Krispy Kreme is like eating a slice of, you know, some kind of Walmart angel food cake. This Jack Frost glazed donut was like eating your dense, e- e- eating your your like a, a dense cake that your grandma would make. Just something much more robust and sweet and, and, and hearty and uh, a healthy diet of these is certainly gonna yeah I, anyways wow all right so let's uh, let me freshen up here while we're while we're uh, while we're cruising along and um, We'll, we'll dive. We'll dive into story time. All right. So here's how this worked. Uh, all right. After a lot of thought and deliberation, and you know, months of looking around after learning about and 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 you know not 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 learning about so much but listening to people talk about um orthodox the orthodox the orthodox faith uh was was interesting because um the thing that that really sold me on it was i haven't read anything about it i'm not at a point where I am interested in reading a whole lot of anybody's opinions on spirituality, right? I am more interested in the experiential result that uh, I have personally and the direct impact it has on my life. All right, I'm 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 less interested in the 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 the, the theological element of things. I'm I'm more interested in the true connection with God, as I understand God. And a part of that is and involves the Christian faith. And for those of you who have listened to this show, specifically shows about spirituality, you know that I have been all over the map on this. And I continue to be. Jack Frost's Donuts makes a good coffee. Or perhaps I am just tasting the sugar in the cream in the coffee. 
which is adding another layer of delicious, savory goodness to this glazed donut. But yeah, the path of my spiritual walk has been long. It has been challenging and uh, it has been lonely oftentimes. And I find that I am experiencing moments all right, this this is where we are, right? We're near the malls, right? I'm approaching Great Northern. We're going to drive by Great Northern Mall. And uh, as we head west to 83, and then I drive south. So I'm not that far off base. But the moments when I've had these clear spiritual... revelations, if you will, were when I felt most connected with God. And those have been largely moments in nature, alone, moments uh, under the influence of psychedelics in various contexts and environments. They have been moments during worship services in a number of different denominations. They have been moments where I have been around other people having their own moments. And because I feel I'm quite an empathetic person, uh, it's almost like I'm getting off on their experiences, which is highly strange. But it, it it is something that I seem to experience. And those are all moments of clarity where I feel as though I am becoming one with, with God. All right, so let's talk about today before I completely lose sight of what the hell I'm talking about in the first place. Um, so I... I the thing that the thing that drew me to to Orthodox was uh, was a series on YouTube called the Royal Path, and uh, there are it's a conversation about the Nicene, like basically breaking down the Nicene Creed, which is. something within uh, some denominations of Christianity, not all, and uh, nothing that I'm currently practicing, and, or nor have I in many years, uh, has gotten down with the Nicene Creed. And for those of you who don't know, it goes something along the lines as follows. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things invisible, or all things visible and invisible, and so on. And I can't remember it offhand, and over the years it may have, it, it, 
it may have changed slightly or because there are some similarities in the Eastern Orthodox faith and Roman Catholicism, uh, it could simply be a different version. But this is something that I haven't heard of or been exposed to in decades. And when I saw this pop up on a YouTube feed months ago, I thought, huh, this is interesting. And they've been breaking it down line by line. Uh, Andrew, uh, Father Turbo, and Cyprian, who you may know as Vin Armani. And um, freshening up 2.0. So there's been this tremendous dialogue about the Nicene Creed and what it means. And the dialogue has been awesome. If you are in any way, shape, or form interested in Christianity and the growth and development of your faith, I would recommend listening to some of these episodes. Um, it is uh, a YouTube series, and it's something that has uh, been playing in the background for me, and I think I need to exit. Um, I think I'm I think I need to exit the highway, otherwise I'm going to get on a toll road here. But uh, I've been listening to this, and there are, oh, I don't know. I don't know how many episodes there are now. Maybe 20-some, as they, like I said, as they break down the Nicene Creed line by line. And... Um, hesitating because I think I missed the exit and uh, I'm going to have to do some thinking while I drive because I haven't been up this way in quite some time but I definitely do not want to take the toll road to Toledo so uh, I have to see where I'm at up here after I get under this bridge and, see, you know, get up to this clearing, kind of get my bearings straight. But the Royal Path has been, you know, instrumental in piquing my curiosity about, about orthodoxy. It's, 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 it's bringing up, it's fleshing out a lot of the experiences and, and verbiage that um, that are familiar to me from my childhood growing up in the Catholic Church. And uh, man, I'm I gotta I gotta pass this person. I got somebody like driving like grandpa style like me, but in the fast lane. And it literally is an old man in a 
Toyota going 50 miles an hour in the fast lane, chomping on an old cigar. Looks like that old man has been chewing that cigar for two hours. It looks like a, I don't even, I don't even know if that thing was lit. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I may not have missed my exit. I don't believe I did. It's just that's where the split occurred and I will be getting off driving southbound here in about a mile or so. So, yeah. Um, I've been listening to the Royal Path. I've been listening to these cats talk about uh, the Orthodox faith. And a lot of times the conversation veers off into a different direction about current events, all right? And you do the math and you figure out what the current events of uh, the day has been over the past six months, 18 months, right? It all factors in, it all provides context for conversation. And a lot of this context, a lot of these current events have factored into my own experiences at uh, on my own spiritual walk and where I'm actively practicing my faith. And due to some things that I have done in my own life, steps that I've taken to get out of debt, to grow myself, um, and, and these seven areas of life that I've that I've come to, you know, realize that all around growth actually embodies these seven aspects of life, as Dan Miller has outlined in his 2022 goal setting workbook. You know, we've got financial, physical, personal development, family spiritual, social, career. And ironically, or maybe not ironically enough, I've also begun writing articles for a website called Men of Order, creating a community to empower men and provide tools and resources to equip the, the man of today to be successful, build wealth, do everything that it takes to be a man of order. And trying to figure out what I would write about, I wrote, my first article was titled Seven Steps to Make 2022 Your Best Year Ever. And then the subsequent seven articles which I'm working through now were dedicated to each of those aspects of life. One that was posted likely right as Divine Liturgy began at 10 a.m. was on family and over the next two weeks I will be working on 
a spiritual post. And here we are with this bonus episode today, Spiritual Sunday episode. Two weeks before, I'm about to write a post on spiritual goals. Coincidence? I think not. So anyways, in the dialogue with Cyprian, Andrew, Father Turbo, and several others who have been engaged in the chat and the comments elsewhere online, there's been some dialogue about how to go, so how do you go, you know, if you if you find this interesting, what do you do? And the guidance and counsel that I received was don't read books. Don't go all deep and analytical. Go experience it. Go to divine liturgy. Go talk to the priest. Express your intentions. Okay, so this is this is how it went. Enough, enough, enough with the backstory. Let me let me share my morning. Because it was quite long. I went up to um, Parma area. Parma, Cleveland, it's like 45 minutes away. It's a nice drive, kind of into this industrial area. A lot of churches are shutting down up there. Um, Closing their doors, all right? So I noticed that. And I parked and I, it was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes before and there weren't many cars and I thought, oh boy, this is interesting. So I walked in and people were, had candles and were like lighting them and putting them in the sand and things were very dark and people were speaking Russian and I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. So I kind of walk into the I guess you'd call it the sanctuary after just kind of wandering around a little bit. And some people were in there and there's some chairs like in the middle just spaced at a distance. Real nice ornate chairs and then chairs lined all around the perimeter of the, of the room. And these, these two guys at this little stand where there were a bunch of other things with along with the candles, I kind of walk out there and I said, uh, I waited a moment and spoke with one of these guys, probably around my age, maybe a few years younger, late late 30s, early 40s. I said, uh, I've never, never been here before. I, I just want to ensure that I'm not I just want to make sure I'm not following any protocols. And he was explaining that anymore, 
it's not as uh, strict as it used to be. You know, when he was growing up, generally men sat on one side and women sat on the other, and there was a, a methodology to how people entered the church, approached the icons. But for people that were new, you know, they were... Um, then someone else walked up and I, he understood, he was maybe even younger and he made it very clear that, that, uh, that I'm welcome. He said, you know, yes, you, you are welcome. You are just, just sit anywhere. And, you know, we kind of, I told him that I was raised Catholic and that I kind of understand the form and function of of a, of a church service so he, the understanding was just just kind of follow along and stand when standing and sit when sitting and because this was the first Sunday so I, I, I went in and I and I sat and the service was a little later to start uh, it was the first Sunday in Lent in the Lenten season and uh, it was a long service um, more than half of it was in uh, it wasn't in Russian but the way that the way that the individual described it to me in uh, as we were talking was it was like an old Slavic or something and uh, kind of in the Roman Catholic rite how some masses are in Latin or used to be uh this this is kind of the equivalent it's a it's a dead language and parts of the mass were in english uh, parts of the liturgy were in english parts were in this old slavic language i, I guess I, again i don't know but uh, multiple times throughout the service i i was moved to tears, um, it it was a, a, just a, a profound experience, deeply moving. I really didn't understand what was going on. Um, I, uh, based on my understanding of Catholicism, I I was able to understand. And, and at some point throughout the service, early on, the same individual who welcomed me brought me the um, the uh, uh, Divine Liturgy um, booklet and uh, the, the Divine Liturgy handbook and um, and this handbook is published with the blessing of the, uh, the Episcopal Council of the Serbian Orthodox Church in USA and Canada and uh, the illustration on the title page is a photographic reproduction of the fresco icon from the monastery of Lesnovo, which was built and iconographed in the 14th century. The Kator of fresco illustrates the first verse of the of Psalm 148. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all the angels. Praise him, all his hosts. 
Lord as King of Glory is seated on the throne of seraphim angels, surrounded by the host of angels and the whole universe, represented here with the signs of the zodiac, the sun, and the moon. So I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can't link to this. And uh, the, the church that I attended was the St. Sava Serbian Orthodox Cathedral of Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm reading this from the insert, the sticker on the insert of this. Uh, in blessed memory of those whose faithfulness, love, caring, sacrifice, hard work, and generosity gave us this magnificent church and home. We thank God for his many blessings and pray that present and future generations have the same dedication with all endeavors done humbly to the glory of God. Um, so there we go. At some point, this individual came to me and handed me this book and said, if you want to follow along, uh, it's, 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 it's the handbook for the divine liturgy, but the services seem to differ based on what's going on. And because this was the first Sunday in Lent, I presume this was not the quote standard service, but it seems as though there are less quote standard services than other denominations and more emphasis on holy days and uh, saints and things like that. There's, there's really not much I understand, but at any rate, like I said, I, I had to pull out my bandana from my back pocket on numerous times because I was simply moved to tears. And, um, all right, we got some traffic behind me, so I'm going to jump off of the main road here and down a side road so I can focus more on the conversation and less on the traffic behind me because these people have somewhere more important to go a little bit more quickly than I do. And, of course, both of the cars turned and followed me. All right, well, I may just have to put the blinkers on and let them pass. So at this point in time, as he gave this to me, where we were was uh, still in the, um, the, the, the first or second uh, antiphon before the little entrance, um, which again, I forgive me if I am talking about this incorrectly because I have no idea what I'm talking about, but lots of, uh, lots of similarities to the services or the masses from my childhood. Um, Alright, now another little side road where I think these cars won't pass me. This is a very 
ill-traveled, less-traveled road. So I'm going to drive slow and focus on the dialogue here. So yes, uh, I was wiping tears from my eyes as this, this individual came to me and said, I, if I wish to follow along, one side, the left side of the page is in English, the right side of the page is in uh, Church Slavonic. There we go. Um, and uh, let me stop for a moment and um, as I get up here, I'll put my four ways on and I will share with you the, 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 the preface of this, okay, about the handbook, so that we both have a little bit of context before I continue sharing the, the, uh, the rest of the experience with you. Okay, so <clears throat> the beginning of this, towards the beginning of the service, I'm, I'm handed this book and told that I can follow along. All right. And uh, let me stop here. So this handbook presents the divine liturgy of St. John Chrysostom in two languages, Church Slavonic and English. The Church Slavonic language is, is rich and beautiful and ideally suited to Slavonic church music. It is also a saintly language where profane and improper words are unknown. And it is rooted deeply in the hearts of first-generation Serbs and to some extent the failed to hand... Uh, let me reread that. I skipped uh, something somewhere. It is also a saintly language where profane and improper words are unknown and to some extent the second generation born in English-speaking countries. Since we failed to hand down this heritage to our third generation, the use of the English language became mandatory, particularly in the United States. It is for this reason that we undertook the task of presenting the divine liturgy of the Orthodox Church in both the Old Slavonic and English languages so that our faithful may follow the service regardless in which of them the divine liturgy is celebrated. The Church Slavonic text is given in the Latin alphabet and translated as closely as possible to the original and placed in parallel order to enable the faithful to follow the sound of the words when the Divine Liturgy is celebrated in the Church Slavonic language. For the English part, we used the original Greek text, i.e. the Church Slavonic text, and consulted numerous existing English translations of the Divine Liturgy. The task was made difficult because the English language does not have fully adequate and or accurate impressions for certain Greek and Slavonic words occurring in important instances, as for example the Greek word Catholicos. In Old Slavonic it is Sobornia, Sobornia Serkov. In Serbian, Sobornai, Soborna Serkova. The closest English word for Catholic is universal, but such a translation misses the real meaning of the word Catholic. Hence, we do not claim that our presentation is perfect, and we shall be very grateful for eventual corrections and suggestions for future editions of this work.
The Divine Liturgy is a continuous supplication and thanksgiving prayer, and during the celebration the priest prays continuously, although many of the prayers are inaudible. These prayers are not included in the present edition since this is only a handbook, not a complete text of the Office of the Divine Liturgy. In the second part of the handbook, we included the most important Holy Days Traparia, some communion hymns and other spiritual songs used in the Orthodox Church, as well as a selection of Serbian religious folk songs. This handbook is published by the Brotherhood of the Serbian Orthodox Clergy of America and Canada. It is hoped that it will fill an acute need for our congregations. It is meant for the congregations as such to buy them in bulks of hundreds and place them in the church pews for the use of the faithful. As they get worn, congregations will replace them from the supply as they will acquire now and keep them for that purpose. We hope that our effort will meet with approval from the part of our faithful churchgoers. And this was written by Father Radovan Milkovich from Lorraine, Ohio just right next door, the county next door, and Father Borko Borsich in Monroe, Michigan. And then we go into the handbook. Okay, so that's how, um, that's how this was presented to me. Weeping tears wiping them from my eyes and having this individual hand this book to me. So as I stood there and there was a part of the service where the children went first and everybody was carrying uh, some, most of them framed pictures of, 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 of an icon of some kind. And there was a, a procession around the perimeter of the church with most people, except myself um, and I think some family members of some people who uh, Earhart Road, where am I? Um, Island Road, Earhart Road. Yeah, let's go this way. I've got time. We've both got nothing but time today, guys, right? So, uh, yes. <clears throat> I was one of the few that did not proceed in this, or did not participate in this procession. Um, I did not, I did not really understand what was going on and um, most people there just were, were, were members of the congregation, knew what was going on and uh, they, were, they were familiar with, with the process. I, I certainly was not and the only others were, were a couple elderly people who just weren't in the best position to walk. So they stood when they could and remained sitting. Uh, when they could not. And and then they gathered on the the steps leading up to the um, 
not at the altar per se, because unlike a lot of other churches, the 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 altar and everything was kind of hidden behind this this uh, just hidden behind this this facade. I, I, and um, God, what a beautiful church! Uh, please check out the link in the show notes to St. Saba Cathedral. I'll, I'll link to it and see if I can't find some photos. I, I, I did not want to uh, take a bunch of pictures uh, while I was there and that, quite frankly, considered leaving my, my phone in, my, in the truck um, at that time. But... Uh, pick something up off the floor there which was which kind of is a a segue into um oh now I know where I am I started driving the wrong way now we're back on 83 and uh I knew the road but got a little discombobulated and turned around. That's all right. Onwards. So after the procession, everybody was up on the steps and it was picture time and uh, everybody had their their icons and I don't know if it was like their their uh, their patron saints or, or what, but then the, the service continued and all of this contributed to a longer service. And then there were some announcements and everyone was invited down to the hall for a uh, Lenten soup um, lunch. And as the service kind of closed and everyone was uh, dismissed, for lack of a better term, I, I just kind of wandered around the church and was looking around and, you know, just looking at all the looking at the because there's there's paintings and icons everywhere like uh, there's and everything's blue uh, entire like it was wild it just I, I, I don't know what to say it was quite remarkable and and as I so I left and I started I just kind of figured well I'll go down to the hall and and I'll I'll keep an eye out for for the priests and just because it was it was very busy um, a lot of people there there was another service later tonight somewhere and somewhere that he had to go in Akron or Canton and uh, lots of things going on this week uh, some of which were interrupted because of a funeral two brothers had died just a lot going on right and I wanted to to say something but I also felt nervous and oh real before the end of, uh, of the service there was a final blessing like I, I, I didn't part uh, not necessarily obviously but at least in the Catholic Church Roman Catholic Church you are not permitted to take communion if you have not been uh, baptized and gone through uh, the rites of receiving your first communion. 
um, which for those of us who were raised in the church, we do that around the age of second grade. We receive our first communion. Um, and then are confirmed around the eighth grade, around the age of 13 or 14. And I, I presume there are similar uh, similarities within the uh, Orthodox Church. So in other denominations, there are no requirements for communion. All are welcome, and that's fine. But I'm, I'm in an effort to be respectful, I, I did not. And there was another, another blessing towards the end, maybe after the announcements or right before the announcements, I'm not sure. And it involved some sort of, of, of bread, but I didn't really know what was going on. So again, I stand and observe. And this time some woman comes over to me and says, the priest is providing blessings. You are welcome to to come up. And I thought, oh shit, you know, because there's there's people kissing icons and people making the sign of the cross, and I don't know what the hell's going on. Everything's different. They're making the sign of the cross different than like the church where I go now. We don't really even do the sign of the cross. That's that's fine. Um, Roman Catholic Church, you know, we did the sign of the cross, forehead, chest, left shoulder, right shoulder. And as far as I could tell, the Orthodox Church was forehead, chest, right shoulder, chest or something. So I, I don't know. And so I kind of go up there and I'm watching and people are kissing these icons and then moving around to the priest and receiving this this bread and kissing the cross that he's holding and I'm thinking I have no idea what's going on so but I'm 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 here so I'll I'll do this right so I I do this and um, and I I, I I go on about my my business and the service comes to a close. I'm standing around looking and everybody's kind of dismissed. I'm wondering, should I, do I talk to him, do I not? And he's busy, so I can see if I can't catch him at the suit, you know, down below. And the same guy that handed me this said, caught me outside and he says, is there, would you, if, if you are interested in speaking with the priest, I can let him know and you're welcome to wait here for a couple of moments and he will be he will be right with you. And I said, yes. It was suggested to me that when I come explore that I do two things, attend divine liturgy and speak with the priest. So he came out and greeted me and we sat and even during the sermon you know 
what he spoke about just seemed to hit home how that if we have that calling if we begin to follow our our calling if we begin to walk this path if you will we begin to embrace Christ people begin to understand that within us even if they can't identify it they begin to see it we begin to show it animals begin to recognize it even it's an it's it's something that's hard to articulate and hard to understand and but it's something that's experienced. It's something that that happens. And as I listened to this man talk about this in a language that's not his native tongue, something else resonated with me because um, a video showed up in my YouTube feed just uh, just yesterday, um, I believe, about how titled something like how how lang how learning languages ruined my life, and it was a little four or five minute video, and I actually one that I felt inclined to share on social media because. It, it struck me so deeply and I'm going to have to get off this road too and start wiggling my way and worming my way back home because I've got a big truck approaching me quickly from behind even though I'm doing the speed limit. Some people don't like it. So, <clears throat> back to the, to the priests, he... He largely <clears throat> guided the conversation and said that we are we are all here. We are all led to where we are in every particular moment for reasons that we we don't understand. And a lot of the conversation is really just kind of beyond me at this point but it was really all about um, understanding and, and, and listening to him encourage not just me but but the people all of us really to not think about or approach life in the way that we we think about or we think in the way that we feel like we should approach life but in the way that we feel God wants us to you know and really truly give it up to God not using that as an excuse to 
be lackadaisical or become complacent and just say, well, I've given it up to God, but using that as our as our as our as our baseline if you will our our motivation and this this idea is not new to me necessarily but it's newer to me and newer in the fact that there's two individuals over the past let's say five years that have really encouraged this this line of thought first of all was Dave Ramsey you know talking about managing your money utilizing biblical principles you know keeping it very simple it's God and grandma's way of managing your money and Dan Miller who talks about building and creating the, the life and work you love and Dan Miller has been a tremendous influence on this podcast, specifically over the past almost five months now. It's November, December, January, February, and we're halfway through March at this point. So four and a half months. It all kicked off on November 1st when I started talking about and actually taking steps towards completing the 2022 goal-setting workbook, which I'll link to in the show notes. And the whole, the whole premise of what Dan encourages us to think about when we're setting goals is to think about how how these goals align with our calling in life and trying to understand that our calling in life is being able to understand and implement what God wants for us in our lives. So our true calling, our true purpose isn't isn't necessarily, you know, figuring out what our passions are, but what we are called to do, how we are best able to serve the Lord. And here we are attending a church service today where this is the topic of conversation and ultimately of the sermon and ultimately the, the you know, the follow through, the, the icing on the cake with my discussion with the priest. 
which was a first for me ever. I'd never gone to a new church. I'd never attended a service and then had someone say something to me, would you like to talk with the priest? If so, I will grab him right now. I can tell that this is important to you. How can we, you know, how can we facilitate your growth? How can we help you walk the path? Like, like, not just how can we, you know, how can we, how can we welcome you and like, you know, welcome you, but like, how can I walk with you? Like, which arm will is the best to throw over my shoulder right now? And for me, that would be my right arm because of my rotator cuff injury in my left. But that's what I felt like. It wasn't just him saying, hey, welcome. You know, here's some information or whatever. It was, hey, welcome. Here I am. This is what we're going to do. If you're interested, here is my Here is my name. Here's my cell phone number. Here's my email address. I'm I'm here for you to help you grow. And I know that we don't have much time now because it's a busy day, but I'm available for you anytime. And eventually we got to talking there, but I could tell that was where it was going as soon as he sat down. His mannerisms, his body language. And even though English is not his native tongue, he... He made it very clear to me that that he was there and that he himself was not a perfect man. And it's interesting because he was married. He has four kids. Catholic, Roman Catholic priests aren't allowed to be married. aren't allowed to have children and I always thought that was the strangest thing that parishioners were looking to their parish priests for guidance and counsel on familial matters and parenting looking to men who had experience in neither But when we first talked and sat down and he asked me how could I help, I again started weeping and I said, I don't even know where to begin. And I just explained that I'd been learning more and networking or connecting with some people. And their suggestions were to attend divine liturgy and speak with the priest and that this is and here we are and he just again encouraged me that this is all happening for a reason 
this is part of the path. And when I asked him what the, he just said, any questions, any, any, you know, anything that I have, any thoughts that I have, you know, he is receptive to them. And uh, even things that they can do differently in the service. He gave me an example of, you know, things that they have done differently and things that they can't do differently. You know, someone wanted to introduce music or some form of music and the choir was, oh, choir was outstanding, all right? And the choir was very similar to how, the, like childhood, the, the, the choir was up in the loft above the church projecting out into the church above the people and um, much like it was in childhood. But there's no music. There's, there are no instruments in the Orthodox Church. It's, it's only sung hymns. And it's beautiful. So, um, but he was explaining that he had to, you know, give a firm no on, on that because that's just not something that the, the Orthodox Church does. Now, uh, but it was just a very interesting conversation. So he asked me that I follow up with him and I send him a, a text with my name and number and email address. And uh, I very much will follow up with him. And, you know, maybe these little bonus episodes these spiritual Sunday episodes will become a thing as I work towards uh, work towards my own growth and development of my own spiritual path. So, anyways, guys, if you haven't been able to tell, I am back home. I just parked the truck. A minute ago and um, I'm going to go inside uh, walk the dog and then decompress and upload this and uh, process everything um, while moving on with my day and preparing for the week ahead What a ride. I hope that that was... I, I don't know, guys. I hope that was an enjoyable episode for you. It was an interesting one for me to reflect on the morning and the experiences of the morning. So... Yeah, I will link to this in a little bit after I give it a listen and uh, find the linkable things that I want to share with you. And as always, I would encourage you to check out the show notes for everything. Links to the chat, t.me slash allaroundgrowth on Telegram. And uh, chime in if you want to learn more 
or share your own experiences about your own spiritual journey. I'd really like to encourage some dialogue with everyone about that. So join us there, t.me slash allaroundgrowth. I look forward to seeing you there, and I look forward to catching you tomorrow on another episode of the All Around Growth Podcast. This is Rob Kaiser, and thank you.